What's up, Rise Tribe? We are well into our four-week series called Narc Talk, where we are taking a deep dive into narcissistic personality disorder, better known as NPD, because knowledge is power and when you know better, you do better. So this is week three of our four-week series. So go ahead and go back into the show and catch up and listen to episode 68, which discusses the origins of NPD and the family dynamics that breed narcissism. Then be sure to go ahead of that and listen to episode 69, where I discuss the five types of narcissistic presentation involved in NPD that one may encounter. So today we are teaching you to talk the talk. I'm reviewing some common terms you may come across in narc recovery spaces, right? Today, I will be covering five key terms associated with narc abuse recovery. So for those of you who are listening to my voice for the first time, I want to welcome you. I'm your host, Pernella Harris. I'm a licensed mental health provider, bringing you everyday wellness tips and mental health education. I encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to this podcast so that you receive alerts every Monday at 7 a.m. when I upload a new episode. If you like what you hear, please go ahead and leave me a glowing review and share this podcast out to friends and family. That's how we get this message out to as many people as possible. All right. So before we get into today's episode, let's hear a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Restorative Family Services. We are a behavioral health practice. Our mission is to provide quality, affordable, and accessible mental health care to the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. If you are struggling and in a dark place, we are here to help. Visit our website at www.restorativefamilyservices.com. This podcast is brought to you by Private Practice, where we provide leadership training and practice management coaching specific to helping mental health professionals build their private practice to provide a much needed service for their community. Want to learn more? Visit our website at www.privatepractice.com. Okay, so before we get into some key terms, I just wanna review what narcissistic personality disorder is. It is a mental health condition that causes someone to rely on others for praise, admiration, their self-esteem. And typically you find individuals with NPD or narcissistic personality disorder, you find them in one-sided relationships and relationships where they're using other people you know, for their own personal gain. And you can imagine that this is very toxic and unhealthy in terms of having a reciprocal give and take relationship. All right. So I want to dig into narcissistic abuse. Narcissistic abuse has the potential to destroy the foundation of many people's lives. It takes a lot of time and energy to heal from the betrayal the heartbreak, the gaslighting, and financial losses caused by an abusive partner. You know, during the duration of a relationship, you may have also lost friends and families due to self-isolation. And it just may be hard to 
recover from this insidious type of abuse without a healthy support network. So if you have survived narc abuse, I recommend the following. One, I recommend that you educate yourself. Read as many articles, go to YouTube. There's lots of information. Gather some books. There's lots of written materials that you can have access to. But educate yourself about what narcissistic abuse is. Two is I want you to join a support group. There are lots of narc abuse survivor groups out there uh, where you can get the support of someone who has actually gone through it as well. Number three is get a mental health therapist. You don't have to do this alone. Working with a therapist can be a nice sounding board. They can give you some coping strategies. They can kind of let you know when you need to reevaluate your thoughts, you know, after sustaining an abusive, an emotionally abusive relationship for so long, we question our self-worth. We question whether or not our thoughts are valid or real. So working with a mental health therapist is going to be very effective for you. Number four is lean on your support network. Get a group of people who you trust, who you can tell anything to, and really keep them in your close circle to help you get through this. The journey to recovery is not an easy one. And this type of abuse leaves long lasting stains and remnants of the abuse. So having a foolproof system on how to deal with this is going to be very helpful. So the reason narcissistic abuse is so difficult to recover from is because it's not a straightforward bully. Like you don't see it coming. It is an assiduous type of abuse that ultimately gets you to betray yourself. What do I mean by that? Well, narc abuse is subtle and cunning and it happens over time. The abuser convinces you in subtle ways to forsake your self-confidence, your boundaries, your dreams, your life vision, your family, your protective measures and resilient factors that keep you healthy, that keep you safe. Also lower your self-confidence and they confuse you and all while belittling you, making themselves to be the savior, the one who is going to make your issues better, the one who you can rely on to improve your current circumstances. You survive these types of relationships by giving up your independence and becoming mentally malleable to the narcissist who only wants power, status, and control over you. And that's why it's so difficult to recover because it's just not an abuse of an external factor, but they get inside your head and they make you forsake yourself. So that's why I'm on this series. I'm on this journey to educate as many people as I can about this to bring awareness so that you can start healing those wounds that make you susceptible to narc abuse. All right, so we're going over some key terms today. And the key terms that we'll be covering are narcissistic supply, love bombing, devaluation, discard, Hoover. Okay, so let's get into what narc supply is. Well, narcissistic supply or narc supply is the external validation that the narcissist is seeking. They 
don't have a healthy sense of self. So they look for others' admiration. They look for others' praise. They look for others to admire them. They're really focused on status. They want power and they really care a lot about what people think of them. So they surround themselves with people who will provide that that external validation. And so that very external validation is called narcissistic supply. So you'll hear me refer to that quite often. Number two is love bombing. There are four stages to narcissistic abuse cycle. And we're going to go over that as well. So love bombing is the first stage. This stage is categorized by excessive attention, admiration and affection with the goal to make the recipient of that love, attention, admiration and affection feel dependent and obligated to the narcissist. So it is, you know, glitz, glamour. It is, you know, a strategy that is used to get a person hooked on the narcissist very quickly. This usually happens in the beginning of courtship and they are doing all the things that you love. They shower you with compliments, affection. They want to spend all their time with you. And in your head, you're finally thinking like, oh my God, I finally found someone who's going to treat me right, someone who gets it. They do all the things that you say you like, you want, and it is all to get you to feel secure, all to get you to trust them. And so once you trust them, then you'll start to move through the other phases. But some signs that you're being love bombed, because it's really hard to detect. Some signs that you're being love bombed is they may say some things like, I just want to be with you all the time. Or I just want to spoil you if they're giving you lots of, of gifts. Or they may say you and me forever. Or that you're my soulmate. I'm so glad that you know, you're know you in my life. I just feel a deep spiritual connection with you. During the love bomb phase, I liken it to playing the slot machines, right? When you first sit down to maybe the penny machines, you're going to start to get a lot of wins. You windfall, windfall, and it keeps you playing. It keeps you interested in the game. So you continue to stay and play more. So the next term I want to go over coincides with the second phase of narcissistic abuse. And that is the devaluing phase. This phase comes after you have committed to the narcissist, after you've, you know, you have been in the relationship and now you're starting to trust this individual. This phase starts out slow and it's subtle and occurs when the narc begins to withdraw their love and attention. You know, it may begin with them being more critical and less affirming. This phase is where you might see more emotional abuse because the narc begins to offer less compliments and may begin to create scenarios where you feel shame, guilt, you feel insecure. They may make jokes in public around their friends at your expense. They may use secrets that you've told them against you in an argument like, you know, to really humble you. They may gaslight you confuse you, accuse you of cheating or doing something that you haven't done and they continue to pressure you to the point where you 
start to have memory loss. Like, well, did I do that? Did I cheat? I don't know. Now, they may show lack of empathy, you know, put you in competition with other people. Well, so-and-so wife does this. Or the lady at the grocery store told me I was handsome and you never tell me that I'm handsome. Or the gentleman, you know, always carries my bag and you never carry my bag. But really putting you in competition with others, making you feel less than. Using your insecurities against you. Lack of empathy giving you the silent treatment, breadcrumbing you, stonewalling, name calling. This is the phase where you'll start to see all of that. They take you, they knock you off that pedestal that they put you on in the love bombing phase, right? And so this phase, going back to our example of the slot machine, right? This is the phase where the winnings become far and few between, but you keep playing, because you're hoping to get back to, you know, the windfall that you had when you first sat down at the machine. So you hope to work harder, reignite the flame that you had in the love bombing phase. So you continue to work harder. And this is the start of self-betrayal. The external boost to your ego that you got in the love bombing phase where they made you feel special, wonderful, like the love of their life, right? They had your self-esteem. It was an external boost to your ego, to your self-esteem. And now the narcissist who's gained your trust can now remove that kind of like a drug and they become the keepers of your self-worth. They, you know, can dabble in a few compliments to keep, you know, keep you interested. They can withdraw their love to make you insecure, make you constantly fighting, making you want to give them more, want to be more for them, be the woman that they want you to be, be the man that they want you to be. And that phase, that's where most of the abuse occurs. Subsequent to this phase is the discard phase, right? This is the third phase in the narc abuse cycle. Discard is exactly what the title entails. The relationship is discarded, pushed aside, terminated, right? Narcissists almost always will have a new supply before discarding one supply. So they often move from relationship to relationship, right? This is because of their insatiable need for attention, external validation, and admiration, narc supply. So before discarding occurs, the narc will find a suitable partner to replace you with a suitable replacement. And what it looks like is discard usually occurs with a lack of effort, right? The narc will neglect, ignore, and disregard their current partner for the new supply. This phase is difficult because the partner is made to feel undeserving of any effort. Sometimes they won't even return your phone call, won't even engage in arguments, or even if you try to bring an issue to them, they won't, you know, respond. So much of the narc's time and energy is put into the new supply. So you're made to feel undeserving and unlovable. Also in the discard phase, they go on a smear campaign in which they tell everyone how you failed them. Never taking responsibility for their role in the demise of the relationship, but it's all your fault. You did this to them. You were a bad partner, things of that nature. They will further abuse the victim by tarnishing your reputation also will put the new supply on display. You know, they may love bomb them by doing everything you wanted them to do in the relationship with you 
to further emotionally manipulate you into thinking the issue was yours the whole time. All right. And that you weren't good enough, that you weren't deserving of, you can fill in the blanks. Okay. Now, that's if the narcissist has discarded you. Now, if you were smart and you discarded the narc, this can be a dangerous time because the narc may sustain what is known as narcissistic injury. And narcissistic injury is they have lost, you've bruised their ego. You've injured them by leaving them first. And by you leaving them first, they have lost power and control and may behave in irrational and unpredictable ways because they must, you know, win at all costs. This is when you see the vindictive side, the pathological side. Some individuals who experience narcissistic injury can deal with narcissistic rage in which the goal of the narcissist is to get you back, is to win and come out on top at all costs. And so they may engage in stalking and harassing, may start, uh, you know, uh, show up at your job, may, there might be a need of, for PFA. They may plant devices that track your whereabouts. They may show up in places that you are to try to talk to you. They may show up to your house unannounced or at places you frequently visit to continuously make you feel threatened, may try to win you back, get you back into their control so that they can start the cycle again. Number two would be post breakup. You know, sometimes there is post breakup triangulation where, like I described earlier, the narcissist has a new supply and they want you to feel poorly. And so they put the new supply on display They may want you to know about this new supply. They may try to put you in competition, but there is post-breakup triangulation. The other thing that can occur is a smear campaign and threats. They may threaten your safety. They may go on a smear campaign to bring down your reputation, to let people know that or reveal parts of your personality to others in a way that benefits them. They may have photos that they want to release, text messages. Uh, They may record you without your your knowledge. These kind of things to really win at all costs because the goal is to injure you, make you feel the pain that they feel and win at all costs. The last term that I have for you guys today in this part, make sure you tune in to next week. I'm going over five more terms is Hoover. Hoover is like the vacuum Hoover, right? This is the way to get their supply sucked back in. This is a tactic that narcissists will use to suck you back in. So the name Hoover comes from the vacuum to kind of suck back in their victims, right? They may use a series of tactics, right? To get you back involved in this relationship. They may apologize and tell you that they're going to change and you get sucked back in hoping that they finally learned their lesson only to find out that they had no intention of changing or doing anything different. That was just a technique to get you back involved. They may start with love bombing. They may give you more attention. They may do grand gestures. They may also threaten to harm themselves. If you don't take me back, I'm going to injure myself. I'm going to do harm to myself. 
They may try to get back in your good graces by asking for help. Can you help me with this? You know, I need help taking this to somewhere. I need help making this meal or I need help with this project all so that they can get back into your energy and hopefully win you back. Random text or calls, just checking in. Good morning. How are you? I was thinking about you. They may use guilt. Hey, do you think of me? Because I think of you. Are you, you don't think of me because you probably moved on and now you feel guilty and have to explain yourself. But this is a tactic to get you back involved, right? So in conclusion, knowledge is power. So many empathetic individuals I come across in my practice and just also in my personal life, can they, they fall victim to these toxic partners and they have no idea that individuals will be so cunning, individuals will be so manipulative. They just are not prepared to deal with this type of insidious abuse. And, you know, this is why I'm spending time on a series like this, because knowledge is power. And when you know better, you can do better. Right. So when you finally start to get education about these toxic partners, you can take yourself off the hook because these relationships leave you in a very vulnerable position because now you have betrayed yourself for this relationship and the relationship then have been discarded and you're thinking that you are unlovable that you're somehow flawed there's a lot of shame and guilt that is present that is left behind after you survive a relationship like this and when you start to realize that these relationships were manipulative in nature you start to take yourself off the hook and you start to heal the parts of yourself that need to be healed so that you don't continue to attract these types of relationships into your life, right? So knowing better and doing better. I want to also make you aware, I host a Boundary Builders workshop, which is designed to help women who are survivors of narc abuse find their way back to themselves. The workshop is a six-week live online workshop where I'm teaching you how to attract healthy partners. You can sign up. I'll put the link in the show notes. I offer this workshop a few times throughout the year. So you can click on the link in the show notes to determine when the next cohort is running. You can also visit my website at restorativefamilyservices.com and you can look on our website to find out when this workshop is going to be offered again. It is called the Boundary Builders. All right, until next time, enjoy your day on purpose. If you have found this episode helpful, help us grow our audience. By providing us with a five-star review, you help make this podcast visible to others. Help pull others out of a dark space by showing that you care. By sharing this podcast with them. Nothing is better than a friend or loved one who wants you to up-level your life with them. Thanks for tuning in.